Can you hear me now? That old cell phone provider commercial has made that phrase iconic, and it's gained new life as we gather together on Zoom calls and either forget to unmute ourselves or have other technological issues. And it could also be the summary of Jesus' words in today's story. I'll invite you this morning to pause whatever you're doing and just listen to the story that Jesus tells. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. A farmer planted a seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but it didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond the farmer's wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? So what did you hear in that story? Where did you find yourself? In this story. Have you ever felt these kind of responses to God's word? Sprouting quickly and withering quickly? Strangled by weeds, whatever those weeds are? Producing a harvest beyond your wildest dreams? As you listened today to that story, what did you experience? Jesus calls on the crowd gathered to listen and to keep listening. Hearing God's word is not a one-time experience. It's not a booming voice from the clouds once and then never again. It is something that we return to over and over again to learn, to grow. And as we learn and grow, our experiences of these stories shift and change over time. I'm reading Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed, and she talks about having to sink deep into the quiet of her heart until she feels a certain nudge and a feeling like liquid gold seeping into her veins, steadying her, and that's how she knows God is speaking. It's a powerful image, and I wonder what is that experience for you? As we listen to God and as we grow and as we change, those Bible stories that we've come to know and love take on some different meanings. Think about your favorite story from when you were a kid. What did you like about it? When you heard it again, maybe more recently, did something new stand out to you? Did the meaning change? Did you discover God speaking to you through that story in a new way? Did a new understanding help you to see the world in a new way? Or maybe, did a new understanding of the world help you experience God's word in a new way? Sometimes we sense that we've experienced God's word, but it doesn't make any sense to us. 
Or maybe you've realized that while you think you've heard God speaking, you felt that nudge, you've felt that liquid gold flowing through your veins. You question what you know, what you've learned, because it's so different from what you're used to. And if there's any doubt or discrepancy or discord that arises because of what you've heard from God's word, either with others or within your own embedded theology and beliefs, do you question what God can do? Or are there times where you have felt that as much as you try to listen and abide in God's word, there is just too much around you that makes more sense? That there's too much to wonder about and think about. And does this really even matter for my everyday life? If we're honest with ourselves, we can find ourselves in all of these scenarios, in all of these kinds of soil, in our own lives and in the lives of one another. Although I wouldn't recommend diagnosing someone else's soil. <laughs> I would just uh, stick to your own garden plot. It's noteworthy that in this story, Jesus does not use this parable to tell his hearers to be good soil, right? He doesn't say, become good soil. Uh, if you want to go back to the part where Jesus explains this a little more, though, you can find that in verses 18 through 23 of Matthew 13. But Jesus doesn't say, become good soil, like we can make that happen. If there's any hope for that rocky soil, that weed-choked soil, that unproductive soil, it is that the sower keeps sowing generously and extravagantly, even in the least promising places. Jesus' continued investment in the disciples shows this to us, that Jesus simply will not give up on them and us by extension, in spite of their many failings. And we trust that Jesus will not give up on us either, but will keep working on whatever is hardened, rocky, or thorny within and among us. June 29th was the 50th anniversary of women's ordination in the Lutheran Church. This came about thanks to action by the LCA, one of the predecessor bodies of the ELCA. They took a vote, and it was a simple word change at their uh, assembly that year to change the wording from man to person in their documents about ordination. But of course, the reality isn't quite that simple. It took another handful of months before a woman was ordained, which seems like a blink of an eye compared to the 10 years before a sister of color was ordained. And then it was another 40 years before our LGBTQIA siblings were able to be ordained while being in relationships. And there are countless women over the past five decades who have had a clear call to ordain ministry who were blocked by systems of oppression, even though the ordination of women 
was allowed. I'm thankful for the women who listened carefully to God's call and took that daring risk to be the first. I'm thankful to them for clearing the way so that I don't have to fight to be standing in this pulpit today. I'm thankful that the leaders of the LCA took a risk in saying yes to the call that God was placing on their hearts. And I'm thankful for the congregations who have embraced my leadership when so many congregations still turn away incredible preachers and leaders because they happen to be women, much less women of color or an LGBTQIA woman. And so it's my turn to listen, to listen to God, to listen for where God is calling me to help till the soil and act so that the kingdom can continue to grow and grow. It's only because of that kind of faithful spiritual listening that was done in 1970 that enables me to be here with you today. And hearing spiritually is related to the concept of deep listening. The idea that we listen with compassion, that we listen to understand and we listen with intention, specifically the intention to act. In other words, to open one's ears is to open one's heart. Jesus ends the parable by telling the crowd to listen, not only to understand, but also to act on the teaching, to obey, and in this particular case, to participate in the manifestation of God's kingdom on the earth. So where might we take some time to do some deep listening here and now? To be helpers in the garden of God's kingdom. To root out the weeds that strangle. To pry out those rocks that cause stumbling. Well, we listen to the voices of our black, indigenous, and people of color siblings. We listen to our LGBTQIA siblings. We listen to our siblings who work multiple jobs just to make ends meet. We listen to our siblings who have historically been oppressed, exploited, and left out. We listen to our siblings on the margins of society. We listen with compassion with the hope of understanding and with the intention to act, to help root out those things that create difficulty, harm, and choke the harvest in the kingdom of God. Jesus gives us freedom to take risks for the sake of the gospel, and so we can take hold of that. He endorses extravagant generosity in sowing the word, even in those perilous places. Though we may wonder about the wisdom or efficacy of his methods, Jesus promises that the end result will be a bumper crop. And it is our work to share. So may the Holy Spirit give us soft hearts, a willingness to change our minds when we learn something new, 
ears to hear what God is whispering or shouting, and the courage to act when we hear where we are called to share the good news. Amen.